Welcome to the Run for PRs podcast. This is your host, Victoria Phillippe. The Run for PRs podcast was created to give away the secrets to transform your training to reach your goals. We ask all the expert run coaches and athletes the questions that you've been dying to know the answers to. We will get the inside scoop on what really makes you the best athlete that you can be. Have you ever seen a fast runner and wonder, wow, how did they get so fast? Well, then this podcast is for you. We are going to do a deep dive to reveal the secrets to reaching your potential as a runner. Compression socks, massage, recovery boots. Are these recovery tools worth the price tag? As technology improves, there are always new inventions that are coming to the market claiming to be the next best thing for your recovery as an athlete. Back in the day, foam rolling was about as deep as we needed to go with recovery tools. But now, there are several brands of boots on the market costing well over $1,000 like Normatec recovery boots that claim to help with the recovery process by circulating blood flow in your legs. There are also massage guns on the market that cost anywhere from $200 to $800 that claim to do similar things. As run coaches and avid runners ourselves, we have actually purchased several of these gadgets over the years for our own personal use and also use within a team setting just to share with fellow runners. Uh, We wanted to share our opinions on these high ticket price items in hopes to help you decide if it's worth the investment for you. So we decided to kind of do a little bit of a different podcast today, just kind of discussing our own personal use and also the use of us bringing it into a team setting with some of these gadgets, as well as, you know, some of the cheaper options for recovery, right? So we've all probably heard about Epsom salt baths, ice ice baths, compression socks, all of those things. We just wanted to talk about, do they really work, right? Like what, what's the point? What's the, the time and the place for them? And is it worth the investment, right? Because, you know, those $1,000 on a pair of boots is definitely, you know, an investment. <laughs> and so you really want to know, you know, is it, is it worth the um, investment? So I have me today, Jason, who has been running for over 20 years and been coaching for about a decade. Um, he has used a lot of these recovery tools himself, but I think in college when he initially, you know, was at his peak, all they really had was a foam roller and uh, like the stick recovery thing. And things have really kind of shifted and technology has definitely improved. There's a lot more gadgets out there. Um, But even like the 4% shoes that have come out, um, those are all things that like just weren't around when you were at your peak competing. So I thought it'd be interesting to kick things off and to ask kind of what your recovery process and what your training looked like then versus now. Are there more tools out there? And do you think that if you had those tools um, back when you were at your peak, you know, running the 414 mile, would that have helped you maybe take extra time off or just feel better? Um, And what your thoughts are on that? That's a good question. It's definitely interesting to ponder that. But I, you know, I think at that age in my life, like I think college kids, especially around that age of like 20, your body is so good at recovering. Like, um, you know, definitely 
I mean, we could handle doing workouts like back to back or every couple of days. And I don't really remember those days where, um, you know, you failed to hit your splits or whatever in a workout because you were super sore from the previous day or whatever. So I think, um, you know, our kind of our primary way that we recovered back then was, um, and this was right around, you know, 2005 to 2009 in that age or in that time frame. Um, we primarily did, uh, you know, just stretching after runs and then ice baths. Um, also about once a week, our coach would have us do like ball massage where we basically get like a basketball or, um, like a rugby ball or something a little bit bigger. And we just partner up and we could spend about a minute on each, you know, of the, each calf, each hamstring and each quad. And that just gave you, uh, so six minutes basically. And it just gave you a little bit of time to relax and, and a little bit of way to relieve some of the tension that maybe was built up in your muscles. But, um, for the most part, we were encouraged to ice bath pretty much every day after practice, um, and I know, you know, over the years, it's been really interesting. We've developed a really strong relationship with our PT, who's very knowledgeable on a bunch of this stuff. And, um, you know, you've seen studies about the, the latest and greatest thing. And we read about like heat, um, taking warm baths versus ice baths. And um, it's just so interesting because all these new types of technology that are coming out, uh, you know, claim to um, basically help help you in every, you know, help promote the, um, reduce swelling or inflammation or help prevent, um, you know, muscle soreness or just relieve muscle pain. Right. So that's kind of what we're talking about today. And, um, I think the first thing I remember probably towards the end of college was the foam roller that came out and then, um, the massage stick. So those are kind of the first two things. Um, and to me, they were kind of similar. It was just more about what you, you know, it was more about like, you have to do more, more of the work, um, with your arms, if you're using the stick versus your entire body, if you're using the, fo- the foam roller. So, um, I think they were both pretty similar in terms of, um, you know, the benefits. Yeah. And a lot of people, when we talk about foam rolling, I guess, I think it's, it's maybe not as common as it used to be. I know there's a lot of other tools that are out there, right? So even if you go to like Target, which Target never even used to sell foam rollers, you know, 10 years ago, uh, there are like those little massage balls or like lacrosse balls that you can kind of dig in and maybe get in a little deeper. So sometimes I think that can be a better option, right? So I've, I've had athletes ask like, oh, do I have to foam roll, right? And no, the answer is no, you don't have to foam roll. But I do think, you know, there are benefits. So for me, I'm someone that only foam, foam rolls like when I'm sore or when I feel like maybe there, there's a little bit of tension somewhere very specific in my leg. Um, and the foam roller, I don't feel like can get in as deep as some of the other tools, right? And so I think that's where this kind of started to evolve is, you know, you have this piece of foam, it works, but it doesn't get in to those super deep spots, right? Like I know you've had calf injuries. Um, I've had other things that are like really deep within my glute and it's just really hard to get in with a roller because it's so big. Um, so going in with a, a smaller ball is sometimes more um, beneficial to really getting in there. And I think the the common misconception is like, just foam roll, right? Like that'll help you. Really, I think there's a time and place for like foam rolling, right? And I think we all have tight spots as athletes and it's important to get in there and kind of work through those tight spots before they you know, cause um, an injury or cause something to happen, right? And so it's more of a preventative thing where if you're feeling tightness, if you're feeling, um, you know, fatigue, it can help with blood circulation and blood flow. Um, and it, it also just helps with any any sort of tightness, right? So whenever I've gone to 
physical therapy or um, seeing, you know, any sort of doctor, usually the first thing that they do is tell you to foam roll the area or to use a ball, a lacrosse ball on that tight area before you do your PT exercises, um, just to kind of loosen up that area. And I know that that's definitely helped me. Um, so what are you, what is your advice and like, how do you use the foam roller, um, in your routine? Yeah. Um, I definitely like the foam roller. I think that, um, it, it can provide a lot of benefits for me is just always figuring out that time to do it. And I know that's one thing, that's one of the mistakes a lot of runners uh, might make is that they, you don't want to spend a lot of time on the foam roller right before a hard workout or, or um, you know, a quality run. Um, it may reduce your muscle tension and reduce your ability to really um, activate all those muscles. So you want to be careful about foam rolling before the run. You want to typically do um, one to two minutes on each muscle after a run. Um, just start with kind of a gentle amount of pressure and then slowly increase as you, you know, get more comfortable. Um, you want to kind of use a slow, deliberate motion. You don't want to go super fast either. And if you, you know, if you feel any sort of tension, like a knot or something, then you just kind of want to go over and back, over and back until you can hopefully start to break up um, some of that. But the um, another mistake I know a lot of people might make is they may roll like an injury. And I know sometimes like if my calf is already strained, um, it's not it's not good to, it can actually cause further inflammation or tension. So we want to, you know, look for other forms of treatment. We don't want to roll, um, a muscle that's already has, has a deep strain in it. Um, and then rolling too quickly, that's another mistake, but basically, yeah, I think foam rolling is overall, you know, I, I try to do a little research. I didn't find any actual studies about this particular method, but you know, there, there are a lot of claims, um, to not only improve our range of motion, our flexibility, um, but it does, you know, helps increase blood flow, which can assist in returning our muscles to like their normal state. Um, cause we know that, uh, increased blood flow and circulation can help those soft tissues repair. Yeah, definitely. And just, you know, off the record, off the, you know, research, whatever, I don't really foam roll like at all, unless mm -hmm. there's something tight. Like I just don't, I personally, that's just what I do as an athlete. Um, I don't know that it, it really <laughs> works. It's not like a magic trick, right? Um, and I don't think that it's necessarily a requirement for anyone by any means. Um, my personal take on it. Uh, so moving off the, the foam roll subject into more of like the Epsom salt baths, right? So the first time I heard of this was probably seven years ago. What are Epsom salts? What's an Epsom salt bath? It was more of, you know, someone in my run club was doing it. Um, I was trying to get a BQ and I, I want to do like any little thing, right? I think we've all kind of been there. We've, we've bought in the supplements, we've, we've done whatever. And even if it was a placebo in my head, um, I was kind of like willing to, to try mm -hmm. it out. So that's when I started getting really into these things. So the, I think the foam rolling thing, everyone's probably heard of or tried, uh, but really this, this Epsom salt bath is where I started, you know, it was like my gateway into <laughs> all of these, uh, these other things, right? So you go to the pharmacy, um, at the time, cause it wasn't a really a, a popular thing to do. Get the Epsom salt bath. It's a hot bath. Uh, you sit in it for, you know, 10 minutes, you put like a cup of Epsom salts in it and it's supposed to like, <laughs> sounds so like hippie, but it's supposed to like help release the toxins in your legs is what they told me. And I knew that like, that sounded like very woo woo. Right. But um, I did it and I felt, you know, better afterwards. And I think that just is more talking the benefits of, 
using heat. <laughs> so we have a, a PT that we go to regularly who's always like, yeah, heat the area. Um, heat is helps with blood circulation, blood flow. And I think if nothing else, the Epsom salt bath is definitely using that heat um, for your legs. And so for me, I was someone who was working a desk job for eight hours a day. I wasn't getting up for walks. So I would come home, my legs would be sore from my morning run and they would just like kind of ache. And so taking that warm bath allowed for that blood flow. Um, but are there other ways that you can probably get that blood flow? Of course. But I think, you know, heat, it, it feels good, right? <laughs> like what type of person doesn't want to sit in a hot tub or a, a warm bath, right? Um, it, it definitely feels good. So that's something that I've kind of kept in my routine just because it's relaxing, right? I mean, there's other benefits uh, to an Epsom salt bath besides recovery. It's It's more of like a relaxation, you know, before you go to bed. Um, some of them have like the essential oil scents in it and they're supposed to like relax you, whatever. Uh, so how do you feel about Epsom salt? Do you think it's more of a placebo uh, or are you more of like hot tub person or what, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, again, I try to find some studies on this topic too, but there, there's not a lot out there. I think that, you know, most Epsom salt will, um, you know, it'll claim to, help with reducing soreness and pain, but we don't know for sure if that's, you know, a result of the, you know, the warm, you know, the heat really, which is increasing the capillary, um, and the blood flow production. But, um, there's definitely something to be said about, um, you know, the impact that it has on our skin too. I know a lot of them promote like soothing of skin or it can help exfoliate dead skin cells. So it can help our skin feel softer. And I think what you mentioned about just the stress side and like the scent, I know anytime you take a bath, I can, I can be downstairs and I can smell like throughout the whole house, how strong the Epsom salt is. And I know, I don't, we just use like the Dr. Teal stuff and there's like probably eight different um, scents. And I know that it's, it's probably really good for, I think, relaxing, relaxation and stress management. Um, so I don't do them very often, but I think that, yeah, if you have the option to do that or hot tub, I think either can be beneficial. Um, I'm not opposed to it. Yeah, I mean, looking up the research about it, I don't really know any, but what I did find really interesting in 2017, um, after I gave birth, actually like while I was in labor, they had Epsom salt baths. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, but then after I gave birth, they're like, you have to take uh, three to four, they called it sits baths, but basically you could do it in a bathtub. And literally it was Epsom salt salts and hot water. And I was like, what? Like, this is what you want people to sit in, like postpartum. It's supposed to like help you heal, recover, um, which I was like, okay, there must be like some sort of science here if they're telling you to do this after you give birth to like help with um, healing and stuff. So... I just thought that was kind of something that like re <laughs> reinformed whatever sort of placebo I already had in my mind. And really, I do think that it, it maybe did help speed up my recovery um, from, from childbirth as well. So there's definitely lots of use cases for Epsom salts. It's not just exclusive to, you know, runners, right? So it's something that I think has been around for a very long time. And maybe the reason we think it's a little woo-woo is because we're so like... Uh, westernized with our medicine, right? Like we would rather have like a pill or something than, you know, when people start talking about essential oils or like Epsom salts, it's just kind of like, uh, I don't know, like we're not really, or acupuncture, those sort of things are a little bit different for our culture. But I like Epsom salt baths. I take several every week. Um, I think they work and, and they're cheap, right? So all you really need is a bathtub 
And then the Epsom salt baths are like, you can get a whole bag for probably three or four bucks. Um, that lasts about a week if you take one, like five a week. So, so I think out of all the, these things, this is the cheapest for sure. Um, so going into ice baths, I know you, you mentioned that in college, that was a big deal. And I know, um, going back to why your college even had ice baths is probably important. So, uh, the college that we attended, they had like a training facility for the NFL at one point, like the summer training camps. And so they had these ice baths that they, they put in and a lot of the athletes and the trainers at that time in 2008, 2009, um, it was very much, you know, sit in the ice bath. That was kind of part of the recovery process. Um, but I think now research has kind of come out to show that sometimes the ice can inhibit the inflammation response, which will slow recovery. And so there've been kind of some studies out there that go against saying that. So do you think that ice baths are effective? Um, and like, what is the place for an ice bath? Yeah. Um, you know, speaking from someone who did ice baths a lot in college, I didn't, I didn't feel like it hurt my performance at all. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really say it, it would help me on like the physical level. I think just knowing like mentally, um, going in there is going to help me kind of, so what it does, it feels that when you're in an ice bath, it kind of like numbs your legs, right? And you kind of lose feeling. And then when you get out, you start to feel kind of the tingly feeling as the sensation as a blood flow starts to return. And so I think just like mentally doing that, you, you think that you did something that can help your legs feel, feel better. Right. And I don't think it had any negative impact whatsoever. Um, I know that, you know, I've, the PT that I trust his expertise, he thinks that, um, you know, you'd want to sit in a, a, a heat tub would be better for you. But I've also read studies where they say if you can alternate between the two, that's really been found to really reduce um, soreness and, and um, delayed onset muscle soreness. So that there's been studies out there about that. Um, I know that, you know, how ice bath or icing came to fruition was basically, you know, we know that when we have inflammation um, or when we have like a, a bruising um, or something or we sprain something, um, anything with swelling, we want to try to reduce that. Um, ice is the way to do so. So I think that that's how, you know, when we think about big football players and stuff like they're sore. Um, maybe it's their, their back or their joints or their knees. I think putting that ice on there can really help just soothe it and help reduce the swelling or the inflammation. And so I think we've just applied that to all like types of movement. And, um, you know, I'm not going to say that there's a right or wrong belief about it. I think just whatever you find to work for you is fine. Um, I don't really do them much anymore. I know we did for a while there, our first couple like marathons, if we were, especially if we were staying in a hotel and there's not much to do and we're just feeling really sore and the legs are throbbing, we would just fill up the ice tub and that could just kind of help with relieving some of that, that throbbing feeling. So I think there's a time and a place for them. It's just about if you, you enjoy them because they're not very pleasant to go in. Right. Yeah. I like how you kind of broke it down of, you know, football players and just the joints and after a marathon, like all of those things, uh, there's different, there's different levels on the pain scale, right? So there's like that low grade fatigue that most runners kind of know you just, your legs are a little achy. You're fine, right? Like you wouldn't think, oh, I need ibuprofen right now. Or like, I need to take something. I'm in, I'm in pain, right? Like you're just kind of a little sore, right? Um, and then there's kind of like that moderate soreness where you're willing to kind of do some of these things like foam roll, Epsom salt bath, like you want to try some things out. And then there's like the desperation soreness. So, you know, after a marathon, for example, uh, when your whole body is throbbing, like your back's hurting, like 
bones are hurting, right? Like you feel like some, someone hit you with a car or something. Um, a lot of the times in the society we live in, I think the number one thing when you're, you're really in pain like that is let's take, I, I've seen people do this. I don't do this. Let's take an ibuprofen. Let's take a Tylenol, right? Um, and that can have its own like slew of effects, I think. Um, and just depending on what your beliefs are and all those <laughs> sort of things. I mean, it's not always like a positive to take an ibuprofen if you're, if you're super sore like that, especially if it's just like your legs. Um, I think if you reach that point of soreness and fatigue where you're feeling like you need to take like a pain medication or something like that, um, you maybe push yourself a little bit too far, which is fine, right? If it was a race or something like that. But I think for like a typical workout, um, you shouldn't be reaching the point where like you need to feel like you need to take something afterwards to relieve the soreness. But um, if you do reach that point, um, let's just say, I think an ice bath is a good alternative to taking an ibuprofen, right? So it's not um, having as much effects internally, right? You're just kind of numbing and you're localizing that area um, and you're prohibiting the inflammation in the localized area that you want. And so that's where I think icing can definitely come into play and definitely be helpful. Um, and it's a good alternative if you're really at that point of desperation and it definitely does, um, help a little bit. And I think, you know, icing is great if you, if you're trying to wear down the inflammation and not have an inflammatory response. And of course, alternating from heat to ice is also, um, very beneficial. Lots of studies shown there. So I don't do ice baths. I think I've maybe done like five in my life and all of them were at those points of desperation, right? Uh, one of them was we were doing the goofy challenge. So we ran 13.1 miles one day, the next day we had to run 26.2 and that just feels a little weird, right? So to be tapering and knowing that you have to run a marathon and having just ran 13.1 miles, I was like, oh my gosh, like my legs feel very, I don't know what to do. So we just took an ice bath, um, whether or not that helped. I felt better. And I think, again, it goes back to that placebo effect, right? So any, anything you can do that is helping you feel better, um, go, go ahead, go for it. And in those times of desperation, why not? Ice baths, relatively inexpensive. Um, you can just dump some ice in your tub, right? Why not try it if it's, if it's basically free? You have an ice maker, right? Um, so I think that's why you know that one gets brought up a lot because it is really free to do and you do actually kind of feel a little bit better afterwards um maybe that's placebo though so the next thing that comes up is compression socks and these were really popular i think from like 2010 to like 2015 um it seemed like everyone wore calf sleeves everyone's wearing compression socks uh, i'm sure they're still popular now but they were really like big back then so i guess just talking about why why are they a thing? Um, why do we use them? How do they work? How much do they cost? Yeah, so compression socks came about, I think, um, to help, you know, obviously it helps circulate blood flow um, through our legs, and which can get blood back to the heart faster. And then the, the blood that's flowing um, back to the heart can get recirculated. And so the better the circulation, the more oxygen gets to our cells. Um, so basically, um, you know, the compression sleeve or sock serves as kind of like a muscle pump where um, it, it's an external like pressure on the outside of our leg. And that can actually help um, or reduce available space for muscle inflammation to occur. Um, 
And so, you know, obviously there's, we'll get into the Normatec boots too and stuff later, but the, the compression socks or sleeves, um, there have been some studies out there. I did find a few, um, nothing really, no study came back saying that there's a benefit to wearing or tying the compression socks or sleeves to performance. So wearing them isn't going to increase your performance. They did a few studies. Um, they had people run, um, two 12 minute, um, you know, tests on a treadmill and, um, two weeks apart. And basically the, the times did not reveal any faster, um, wearing the sleeves versus without the sleeves. Um, another group, they also, so they, another test they did was they wanted to measure, um, the recovery aspect. And this is where they, they looked at, um, runners who, who ran a marathon in Australia. And, um, they also did a treadmill test two weeks before the marathon and two weeks after the marathon. And then half of them wore the recovery socks, um, within 48 hours after finishing their marathon. And then they went and when they tested them the second time, they found that the people that wore the recovery socks increased their performance 2.6% versus the placebo group who didn't wear anything. Um, they had a decrease in their time by 3.4%. So that study showed a significant benefit in the compression socks helping speed up the recovery process. Um, so basically it helped improve their functional recovery and um, get their muscles feeling better. So it was kind of interesting, I think, that, you know, with with compression socks, we first probably started wearing the sleeves, and then they turned into the socks. And I think the only difference there is the, um, you know, it will help with your feet and your Achilles versus the sleeve, which is basically primarily just going to assist with the calf. Um, and then just a little background on like how the thickness—it's really a comfort thing. But um, you know, if it's 15 millimeters, that's kind of a lower, milder um, in terms of like the pressure that you're going to get. If it's upwards around like 30, that's going to be a, a thicker, more tight knit, uh, tight hugging feel on your calves. So if you're shopping around, you can kind of gauge that, and anything in between is going to kind of be the you know um, the in between scale of how how compressed it's going to feel. If it's tight versus a little bit more loose fitting. Yeah, compression socks, there's definitely been a lot of studies out there about them. And I think a lot of them come from like medical settings. Um, I know when you go in for surgery, they can put compression socks on you just to like avoid the blood clotting and all that stuff. Um, They recommend them even for, you know, in pregnancy to reduce swelling, um, things like that. So from a medical standpoint, I think there's been a lot of studies, but then when it comes to like athletic performance, like you said, the studies kind of showed there wasn't really a correlation between the compressions and improved um, athletic times. But again, it's that placebo effect and um, it can be really strong, right? The placebo effect Uh, and whatever makes you feel good, right? So maybe you are a pregnant runner, right? So maybe it does help with, you know, swelling or whatever it may be. Um, but definitely it helps with the blood flow. We kind of know that, um, I personally don't really use them. Um, I have used them in the past just to like when we go on airplane rides to marathons, I'll put on compressions just to help with the uh, blood flow and, and those sort of things, um, while traveling. Cause you know, you're sitting for extended periods of time. So I'll wear the socks then, but you know, I'm not, I'm not huge on the compression socks, but again, After very, races, yeah. yeah. After races, if you're really sore, um, those sort of things, but it's a very cheap investment, right? So mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's, it's a good option for every runner, I think, to have a, a pair of compression socks that, you know, if you're desperate or just needing that extra, whatever, you can just throw them on. And again, very cheap option here. So we're kind of getting down into more of like the expensive, uh, recovery options as we, as we go. So, um, 
we're going to talk a little bit about massages now, which something that I like to invest in. Um, as a runner, I like to get massages, uh, deep tissue, those sort of things. Um, so Jason, what, uh, what are the benefits? Why do they work? How much do they typically cost and do you use them? Yeah. Um, so massages are great if you're, if you're going to go and get like a, like a, a deep tissue massage, it's probably going to be the best thing for a runner. Um, as far as, you know, there's all these d- different types too. You got the Swedish and the hot stone and all that, but deep tissue is going to work best. Um, probably costs anywhere from like 70 to 150, just depends on how long, if you're doing an hour versus a 90 minute massage, but you probably want at least an hour just because a lot of places are going to spend time on your whole body. So it's not just, you're not just going to go in and get your legs done. Um, but typically, um, yeah, we've gone through periods where I know that when I was getting massages regularly, my running was, was going pretty well and was staying fairly injury free. I think there's definitely a lot of benefits to identifying, um, you know, adhesions and tightness and trigger points and allowing that to sort of, um, you know, the therapist can identify those. They're really good about knowing what to look for. And, and then sometimes they'll point out to you like, oh, you're really tight in this area. So it should be something you work on yourself. And so that way you can take you know, take their advice and you can work it out, um, doing your own, uh, self massage or foam rolling or whatever it is. And then, um, the other type of massage that I like to kind of consider is more like active release therapy. It's sort of like a deep tissue work while they're assisting you while you're stretching. And so you'll probably have to go to a PT or like some specialized chiropractic place that, that'll do this for you. And a lot of times it's just part of like their overall treatment. So you're not just going to like book a one hour ART session, but, um, it might only be like five minutes, but I think it's, it's a form of assisted stress stretching, which can help kind of strengthen and engage that entire muscle. So it can help, um, again, break up any adhesions, um, and help just retrain the, the muscle group to be, um, to be stronger. Yeah, I definitely agree with the ART that can be really helpful. And I think that's especially helpful. Like if you have a specific area that is, you know, tender, sore, so maybe like your calves tend to flare up. Um, really good for like IT band. I always have, um, a little bit of like IT band quad sort of tightness and, and being able to be really specific. And so finding a therapist that's really good or finding that active release therapist who's really trained in that area, um, can go a long way. And I think that that is something that you should kind of have in your, um, in your toolkit that you can go to if something was to flare up and if nothing else, it's a nice indulgence, right? Like you put in a lot of training and a lot of work. And so I always look at it as like a little reward for, you know, the hard work and just getting them somewhat regularly. Um, and also if you're like a desk job person, sometimes it's, you get tight shoulders, you get, um, other areas that could be worked on. And, um, I, I like to get them and it's just personal preference. Um, the next thing that we're going to dive into now is cryotherapy. Um, sometimes people maybe have never heard of this, but essentially it's like a standing ice bath. Um, it's about three minutes long and they just make the temperature really, really cold. And so it's supposed to have like similar effects to, you know, an ice bath, but it doesn't like numb your skin, um, those sort of things. So I've had cryotherapy done a few times, um, Again, I'm not really sure if it's like the placebo effect or not, but when you're kind of desperate and you have a race coming up, you're willing to like try different things, right? So we've definitely tried it a few times. Um, Jason, I'll let you kind of speak to some of the benefits and what you think about it in your personal opinion. 
Yeah, I've had it done a handful of times too. And I think that, um, you know, it's very similar to like an ice bath as far as the effects. Um, just the difference is you're, it, it's a shorter, obviously in duration, you're only in there for like two to three minutes max. Um, you know, obviously you cover up your extremities so they don't get frostbit, but it's a, that dry, that dry, like cold air, um, feel. And, um, it's obviously, uh, significantly more money, um, than an ice bath. So it's, it's definitely a high cost thing. And they'll try to, a lot of places will try to get you like on a, like a subscription or membership. So that way, you know, they're getting your money and they're getting you to come back regularly and thinking that you, you really need this to feel, feel good. And I think these types of places, they, they don't just appeal to athletes. They really appeal to like everyone. Cause they, they want to claim that they, you know, the chirotherapy can uh, promote pain relief, muscle healing can help with like weight loss and inflammation and, um, I mean, everything, anxiety, depression, eczema. So if you Google it and you can learn more about it, it's sometimes interesting to see like how many of them are in your area. Um, the, the ones that we've known here in the Metro, they haven't necessarily done super well. I know we've known a few places to close or to kind of move and combine. Um, I know when they first kind of started coming out, they were really big with like, uh, working with athletes, like, like an entire team, like the guy we went to, he worked with the Timberwolves and he had a mobile, a mobile like trailer unit basically. So they would get their session like once a week. And so, uh, you know, each player would get that at least once a week. And I think, you know, it's just a different way, I guess, of feeling like your body's recovering that the, the feeling, the effects is very similar to the ice bath when you get out, like you feel cold and then you slowly start to feel the blood kind of rushing back down in your extremities. And, um, you know, the thought is it's going to help push, um, push the blood flow, which can help kind of just flush your system, I guess, of any toxins and, and tension. So, um, not a huge fan of doing it. I'd, I'd rather probably resort to the other more affordable and easier access, easier accessible options. Right. And I think the first time we did it, it was like $60 at the the first place we went to. And now I think maybe it's like 30 or $20. So it, it can just be a little bit like pricey and it's a little bit like of an ordeal. Like you go in, there's a, you have a robe on, you got to put on all these weird things and then you, you get in the, the thing. And it's, it's a little uncomfortable and I think it's kind of just awkward too, standing there in front of the person. If anything, it's more like an adrenaline rush because you're, you got really, really cold and it's like, oh, like how much pain can I endure, you know? And then, you know, they, they take your temperature after and all the blood rushes back and you kind of get like a, a blood rush or something. Um, so it almost feels like it's, it's more of like taking like a shot of, of something that makes you feel really energized for a second and then it, it maybe goes away. But again, you know, whatever you're willing to do, if you, you know, you're bored, you have money to blow, um, you want to see what it's about. Uh, I think it's kind of fun to, to try it out once, twice, see what you think. Um, but in terms of benefits, I think a lot of it's just kind of placebo, <laughs> um, if nothing else. So the next one, the big ticket item, we're kind of going to talk about the big ticket items, right? So those Norma Tech recovery boots um, and then like the massage guns. So these are like the hottest, most expensive recovery tools out there, right? So when I first saw Norma Tech or whatever other boots there are out there, I know there's other competitor boots. Um, I saw people using them on social media and I was like, ooh, what are these, right? Or you see them at the expo, you're like, ooh, what are these? Like, I want something like that. Uh, and it looks like, you know, it's something that's affordable. And you, then you go check the price tag, you're like, $1,500. Like, I can't believe these people are spending $1,500 on recovery boots. 
Um, so it's just a little like frivolous, right? When you hear the, the price tag of these things. But, you know, a lot of people are claiming that they worked really well. And um, I'm not sure how many of those people were ambassadors for these like companies or affiliated with. So you always have to kind of take that with a grain of salt. Um, I know some people that I follow personally who are run coaches and who are ambassadors of these companies or they get maybe a piece of the pie. I'm not sure. But for my birthday, uh, two years ago, Jason got me the Norman Tech Recovery Boots because we were just curious, you know, and obviously we're both big runners and into stuff like that. So we just were like, let's, let's see what it's about. Um, and I will have to say that like, I wasn't, I, I mean, I wasn't super impressed the first time I used them. Um, I don't know, Jason, what do you, what do you have to say about the boots? I mean, obviously they're, they're helpful. Like they feel kind of interesting when you're in them afterwards, it feels like you have a little bit of extra blood flow. Like your legs feel a little bit I don't know, not like stiff. Cause you know how you get like after sitting for long periods of time, you get stiff. So you go on these boots and then when you come out, like your legs don't feel stiff. They feel a little fresher. But when it came to like doing a workout the next day or like whatever, I mean, did it really impact my performance? It's hard to really say because I think you can get similar benefits from just going on like a 15 minute walk a couple times a day because it's literally just circulating blood. And so I think where it becomes useful is if you're maybe really tired and you just want to kind of relax and you don't want to go on a walk, um, that sort of thing. I would like sit in them with a glass of wine or whatever, like relax at night. Um, Or maybe you live in a climate like when we first got them, it was winter here. So it's like, we're not going outside. Um, I don't really want to walk on the treadmill. So it was nice to just kind of relax on the couch, like next to the fire. Um, again, but then you're kind of just like, Oh, it's just like a frivolous, (laughs) more of like a convenience factor thing rather than something that is needed or, um, super beneficial for the price that you're paying. So what do you think about them? And yeah, tell me your experience. Yeah, um, I think, you know, obviously they are really expensive. Um, when we think about recovery, we want to think about like, what are we willing to do um, in terms of helping kind of aid recovery? And, and the nice thing about this is that it's it's an effortless thing. You just got to put the boots on and you can sit and relax and you can either watch TV or you can do, you know, I've, I've done a lot of work with my laptop and I've just, um, it's more of a productive time for me. And I know that you can sit in them for 30 minutes up to an hour and it's just nice. There's different levels or settings from one to like seven Um, It basically is the how hard um, it's going to constrict your legs. So basically these boots, they act as like a pulsating compression. It sort of feels to me like putting a blood pressure cuff on, Um, not quite as intense, but you know, it's like your, your entire leg or lower body is being like basically being compressed and being hugged. And, um, you know, there's a little bit more research on these, this company, you know, Normatech specifically, I know there's other rapid reboots and there's other companies too. They claim to have a a long list of benefits. And, you know, one of those benefits is improving athletic performance. So somehow they must've justified that they've done studies. Um, but just like all the other, um, things that we've talked about today, it's similar, like reducing swelling, inflammation, speed up muscle recovery, preventing, um, 
onset muscle soreness, that sort of thing. I felt like when I was kind of getting serious about training and trying to like recover quicker from workouts, that it, it did help. Um, but I also feel like, like you said, if I would have got up and walked or if I would have occasionally used a foam roller, did some other forms of active recovery, it probably could have helped just as much maybe. Um, but I enjoy it. I like to sit in them. Sometimes I forget that we have them because um, they're packed away. But it's definitely, um, if you can afford that luxury, I guess go for it. It's, they're, they're comfortable. Yeah, one thing I wanted to add, like when we first got them, right? So I think the biggest thing for us is we, I don't think we'd ever really tried them out. We had seen other people like sitting in them at the expo. Our friends said that they felt really good. Um, and we're more of like massage people, right? So we've gotten deep tissue. I really like deep tissue massages. So does Jason. Like I want them to go really, really hard. Um, I like the pain of a deep tissue massage. So here I was thinking that this somehow was going to be similar to that. Like it was going to feel like a deep tissue massage or just like feel like a massage in general. Um, so when we put them on and like the sensation that I was getting, I'm like, oh, this is kind of <laughs> not what I was hoping it would be, right? Like it's not like someone's like digging in with like their thumb and doing deep tissue on your leg. Um, it's more just like, like a blood pressure cuff, like you said. Um, and it was just kind of like more of a weird feeling. Uh, but at, like afterwards, your legs felt really good. Um, but it was just, it wasn't what I was anticipating from like that relaxation and like that digging in sort of feeling. Um, and then I know when you put them on, gosh, I'll never forget your reaction. Like you were like, ow, this yeah, like, is it, this is wrong. Yeah. And because um, it doesn't feel... It doesn't feel good or like norm. I don't know. It just is a very different sensation. And I think sometimes when you have like, when you get those blood pressure cuffs, like, and they, they go on, it's not like a, like a great feeling, right? Like getting your blood pressure taken, you're not like, Ooh, like this feels good. Right. You're kind of just like, this is kind of annoying <laughs> or, you know, like that's the sensation that they're doing on your legs. And so when they are compressing your legs, it's kind of like really tight. Uh, but then when the pressure like releases and it goes loose again, that's when you start to feel like, oh, okay, this actually is yeah. doing something. The blood is flowing. It's kind of cool. Um, but it's not, you know, if you're getting it cracked up in your head as like, oh, these are like massage boots. Like definitely not, um, <laughs> not the case at all. A little bit different feeling there. Uh, so just knowing kind of what to expect from the feeling, I think is also important. Cause for me, I like to do things that feel good. So like, that's why I like the Epsom salt baths. That's why I like getting a massage. Cause I like the way it feels. Cause to me, a lot of the stuff I think is more of a placebo. And so I always pick the ones that, which ones actually feel good while I'm doing them too. Right. So, um, Normatec, it's like a neutral feeling, I guess it, it's just not like, it's not like amazing. You know, I'm not like looking forward to it all day. At least that's my experience. Um, so the next one is the massage gun, like the hyper ice, I think is the one we have Theragun. Theragun we have. So these first came out, I don't know, a couple years ago, we saw them in our local running store. Uh, there were like three different variations of it. There was like a $200, $300 and like an $800 one. And I'm like, whoa, what, what are these doing? So, you know, we were able to try it at the store and I was like, oh, this feels really good. Like it was kind of, kind of cool, right. To be able to test it out. And I was like, we should get one. Um, just cause it felt good. Right. And, and that almost gave more of like the deep tissue mm -hmm. sensation to it yeah. than, you know, the massage boots or whatever. It was something like 
a feel that I had never gotten from any other technology. And I was like, we can get a lot of use out of this. You can bring it to, you know, at the time you were coaching college kids, um, that sort of thing. So what do you think about the massage gun? Is it worth the investment? Um, did it work for you for any like injuries or like flare ups? Um, yeah, I definitely have seen these more and more, especially being a part of like the college um, track scene. There, you you see them. The teams pass them around at their camps. Um, the variations are, yeah, anywhere from like a hundred dollars to five hundred dollars. I think we got like a four hundred dollar one, so a pretty good one. The only thing is, like sometimes it's hard to get at the areas you really want to get at um, if you're doing it to yourself. And so sometimes it's nice, like if you're gonna lay down and someone's gonna perform or hold the gun onto your like hamstring or whatever it is that's bothering you, that's so much better because you can just like relax and you don't have to worry about like trying to leverage the angle of like putting the pressure into the muscle. I think that's really the hardest part. Um, but it definitely does feel good. And you know, the, the benefits, these are going to claim to, you know, obviously do a lot of the similar things we've been talking about, reduce pain, increase blood flow, break up any uh, scar tissue, decrease lactic acid, um, and increase lymphatic flow of your muscles. So I do like it. Uh, that you just got to make sure it's charged and it's one of those things like yeah for me it's kind of tough to get on the calf that's the thing you have to basically sit um with your knee down and kind of come from behind and so that's the hard part um it's really good for like your quad but again you're pushing down so getting that leverage can be difficult so that's kind of the hardest thing it's so much nicer if you can have somebody and it's easier too like if you're used to giving your spouse or whoever massages um it's easier to use the gun than to dig in with your hands. So it definitely provides you like a different tool and um, a, definitely a different sensation. Like I think you're able to get down at a deeper level and there's usually a couple different speeds for how fast it pulsates. So um, yeah, definitely worth it. I don't know about like the cheaper variations though. So you probably want to do some research and look at the reviews before you invested in something like that. Yeah, definitely. I think this gun, it, it feels good. It feels like it's doing something. Um, definitely more worth it in terms of like what feels better compared to the Norma Tech recovery boots. Um, I think that the massage gun maybe feels a little bit better. So if that's something that you're looking into um, and considering, definitely go for that. Uh, but again, it's it's one of those tools that honestly I forget that we have sometimes or I don't really utilize it as much as I should. So when I go to like rate it overall, part of me is like, well, I probably, you know, could have gone without buying it because I don't use it that much. Um, so really for me, out of all the things that we kind of listed, I mainly just stick with Epsom salt baths and massages. And those are like my two really go-to strong ones um whereas the other ones it's just like when I remember to do it or if I'm super desperate I'll ch I'll try some of the other ones so Jason what out of all of these tools that we talked about are part of your regular routine versus which ones do you feel like you could personally go without um yeah that's that's a good question I I, I mean I've gone weeks really where I kind of don't use any of them I would say um, I like the foam roller like at night just a little bit if I'm feeling like the IT man or something's tight I'll roll on that just for like a minute or two um, I think if I'm serious about training I'm gonna use a, a balance I'm gonna kind of use a combination of all of them and that's really what what I'll do but typically I'm looking for more like self-massage um, eccentric types of stretches that's kind of what I'm gonna do for muscles to recover um, and then just sleep because obviously we know that Sleep and rest is, is going to be the best thing. Um, any sort of dynamic movement, too, to circulate blood flow can be helpful. Um, 
So yeah, it's kind of like one of those things that, you know, if you invest in something, you may use it for a while and then it may get put away and stored and then you may bring it back out later. And so um, the compression socks, though, too, that's something I would always use like the day um, after I run like a race just to kind of help with um, feeling better um, and speeding up the recovery. Um, I just like putting those on like after a really hard session or a super long run. So those would be something, too, that I'd have just one or two pair that I could wear for after hard sessions. Yep, so pretty much just whatever you kind of feel like everyone has their own preferences. Don't get too caught up in all the gizmos and gadgets and feel like you have to have them all because usually what I have experienced from, you know, friends and stuff who are also runners is that, you know, you get really into one thing and then you kind of forget about it. Um, At the end of the day, the biggest thing you can do for recovery, like you said, is sleep, have a good routine, don't overtrain, all of those things. Um, The rest is just kind of more for fun and... It's not like you need to have any of them to become the best runner that you can be. So I hope that you enjoy this podcast and maybe got some clarity on some of these recovery tools that are out there on the market today. So if you ever have any questions or you want to chat with us about some of our experiences using different tools, um, you can definitely email us at info at runforprs.co. If you want to have a free seven-day trial of training, which is something that we are always doing here at Run for PRs, we would love to have you on board. If you fill out the form on our website, www.runforprs.co, we can get you set up with that free seven-day trial and connected with the coach right away. So thanks for tuning in.